Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 114. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the award-winning and internationally acclaimed children's book author and illustrator, Bethany Stahl. Bethany, how's it <laughs> Thanks going? Thanks for having me. That's that's so nice of you to say. That just makes me feel really good. <laughs> so I'm doing great right now, you know, all that praise. <laughs> Because you you put out you have like seven seven books now um, seven books of your of your your Save the Earth series yes. you have and I want to talk to you a little bit before your your self puppy awards you have started yeah. your own award show oh I am so of, excited <laughs> that's exciting and you I mean you also have you know it's you got and you 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 put out I'm just looking at this you have three books that you've come out three or four books you've already come out in 2021 with. And you yeah. average about three books that you illustrate and and write and publish basically every year. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> wow, that's a that's amazing. And we'll 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 jump into and just kind of talk about some of the series that you've created. Your you know you've started your Miko's Nutty Tales, um, as yeah. we said, you got your Save the Earth. You did your um your 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 rhythm and rhyme books that you just came out with like two of them last year. Yeah. Uh, so needless to say. I mean, we'll we'll talk about how when, when you sleep. I mean, I don't know what that you know. It's I don't know like, if I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of like you would, kind of give people a little bit of a background of you know how you gonna how do you get into uh, writing children's books professionally now? Um, it's a it's a strange story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, before I was an author, I painted um, and I had a lot of my work in galleries and things of that sort. And one night at a gallery, this woman came up and she's like, oh, my God, I love your paintings. They make a beautiful uh, child, uh, coloring book. So I thought, you know, that's a great idea. I'd love to make a coloring book. <laughs> And I started researching publishing and then I got very distracted and never got to my coloring book, but I ended up, you know, publishing my first book and then the second and then the third. And by the third, uh, that was Save the Ocean. I fell in love and um, never went back to transition to being a full-time author. And yeah, that's sort of how it went. It was a very random happenstance but i am so glad that it happened it sort of felt like fate so right yeah it's a so, strange strange thing <laughs> because you have a you have a you have a science background and it's, i do and is that what made that as you said you did it, you're doing the art you're, you're doing the art you're doing the science back you have your 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 science degree was it just kind of a natural journey over to uh, doing children's your, your save the earth series was that how it kind of naturally happened yeah you know i didn't really think much about um combining my love of art and storytelling and science at all uh but i was reading at a um school i was reading carity the long-legged chickadee which is my second book and afterwards i was talking with the students and one's like well, I really like science. And I was like, oh, sweet. I like science too. And we kind of got 
got sidetracked and we're talking about like science and I was like, well, what science book would you really want to see? And they're like, ooh, one with fish. And then I was like, yeah, like we like I can totally make this environmentalism and science passion into the story under the ocean. Um, and I'm a scuba diver. So as soon as the student said this, like all these light bulbs went off in my head and I went home that night and I actually did not sleep until Save the Ocean was completely written and completely illustrated. And then as soon as I finished that book, I like slept for a few days and I was like, this is the one. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a, again, another like weird thing that happened and you know, it feels like fate that it just happened and it started the Save the Earth series, which is incredibly popular and I'm so grateful today. Um, it just saved the scraps, uh, got a best-selling tag on Amazon. So that uh, is the third one that's managed to do that. So I'm just excited and always really humbled that, you know, people enjoy science and environmentalism and the same passions as I do. So it's really cool. So where do you see, because that, there, it's weird. It's like it's like children's books these days seem to be almost have to be more interactive in the sense of it's competing with so much, uh, so much stimulation with tablets and things like that. And it's yeah. and I noticed that you kind of you have a you know correspond with also some 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 workbook things and is that is that kind of like standard fare now where it's you should have some level of activities with the books too um i'm not sure if it's quite yet standard but i think it should be i definitely love being um interactive with my books all of my books have a question and answer portion at the end and i hide stuff in my illustrations um and then every book i create um an animated audiobook with it so i guess it's called an animation i i sort of coined this term, I think of animated audiobook, and everybody's like, isn't that just an animation? Like, <laughs> I guess you're right. Um, <laughs> but I have the animated audiobooks, uh, which kind of combines the story with a little bit of visual activity to try and, you know, loop together these two worlds, because these kids now are growing up with technology their whole lives. So right. trying to bridge that technology gap back into reading and sort of weaving them in and out to keep kids interested and keep something new happening and do you do you, do you also feel there there seems to be like a push back to the age of analog in a way because we're so drawn into information so easily accessible and there's everything is such so much passive entertainment uh, in the sense that like if you listen to the radio or if you watch a you know tv that's passive entertainment because it'll continue on without your involvement where books are you know books are active in inner game you know entertainment books don't read by themselves and this like so it, it gives children that ability to pick it up and feel it and do you where do you see the direction of children's books where do you where do you where do you see is there any like you know idea where you think okay i this is where it's trending towards this way or that way what would you say to that I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I hope I hope we always have the ability to have tangible books. Mm. Um, I I love that, you know, analog nature of books and 
I, I feel like there's nothing better than that page turn. Um, <laughs> so I, I think there will always be a place for books. Um, hopefully there will be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And do you see, so my other question for you, for your, your, your save the earth series is, um, how do you prioritize your, your series? Cause I'm, like books eight, nine, and so on and so on. Cause you're, you're not going to have, there's always going to be something. You're always going to have some idea. Like I'm sure you probably have a, a folder <laughs> full of, how do you prioritize? Do. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you say? Like, okay, this is going to be the next one. How do you kind of say, all right, I want to make sure this is an important issue to address before this one or after this one? How do you? I think it comes um, based kind of on what I'm, you know, doing in my life at that time. So um, just sort of traveling through. So, you know, Save the Ocean kicked off during summer when I was, you know, diving a lot and being involved with ocean cleanups. And then the Arctic came out in the winter and the bees in spring when bees started showing up again. Um, so... I got really into composting when I did Save the Scraps and, you know, more shark dives when I wrote Save the Sharks. Oh, and man. right now we're in um, butterfly migration season. So a lot of people have been seeing monarchs a lot as they're migrating, you know, to Mexico. So, so but Save the Butterflies came out. So I kind of try and keep it relevant that way. When it comes out, kids can actively, you know, read Save the Butterflies and then look out the window and go, oh, my gosh, there's one right there. So... <laughs> I, I like to keep that real world um, interaction, even though they're, you know, fiction and my animals talk and things of that sort. Um, I like to where they can, you know, go outside and it can be spring when they're reading Save the Bees and they can see a bee coming around or things of that sort. So I try right. to keep them relevant, um, but I also pick topics that, I you know, I kind of like better. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever I'm into kind of moves up on the list a little bit. <laughs> so do you, has it, have you gotten any ideas uh, from, from your readers to say, Oh, can you do a book on this? Or have, how, how much feedback do you get from your readers for your save the earth series? They give me a lot of feedback and a few have definitely, um, moved topics on the list forward, uh, which is always really interesting to see, you know, what people are into. And of course, if, if I meet a kid who's like, oh, I'm dying for a book like this, I'm like, ooh, I will have one in a few months. Like, you're so close. So um, yeah, I try to prioritize what they want to see. And they definitely have helped to give me ideas of topics, you know, that even I'm not as familiar with that I get to deep dive and research on. Because even though they're children's books, I, I research heavily every topic just to make sure, you know, there's no misinformation. And if I'm not as familiar with the topic, I go and learn all about it. <laughs> So what would you say is the, the age range for your Save the Earth books? Um, I would say it's between like three years old to eight years old. Um, but what's really interesting is I actually heard from schools who have like talked about it in high schools and middle schools, which completely blew my mind because I'm like, there's no way you're using my books. Like, that's the <laughs> coolest thing. Um, but yeah, I they have been across all ages. But I think, you know, the first grader range seems to be the super fans. <laughs> right. and 
so how do you so as a writer so I'll just put on your writer hat for a second and we'll talk about the illustrator part a little bit later how do you how do you when you when you sit down to write the children's work how do you take something so important a, a message so important and how do you make the language accessible to a first grader without the re, the, the fear of using bigger words or without the fear of making it seem condescending i guess in a way yeah i i think kids are a lot smarter than we like to give them credit for as adults um yeah. so kids yeah. have blown me away especially um school readings back when i went in person um they definitely helped me you know stay up to date with like how smart kids are and how much they're ready for um but i I like to always, you know, gauge them with either like beta groups or test groups just to see and make sure. Um, and then occasionally I will leave in a bigger word because I feel like even if you have maybe one word that might be a little bit out of their, um, sorry, I lost my headphone here. <laughs> that might be out of their uh, range that um, they're always interested in learning more vocabulary and they're kind of into it so right so seven books in on your save the earth series what are what are some of the things that you've learned that you've implemented in your book seven as compared to like your first couple books in the series um i've i've definitely tried to you know get more detailed put in a little bit more um sciencey information I, I feel like uh they've definitely been more interested in that aspect but a lot of things i've really kept the same so save the ocean was received uh incredibly well it, it mm. blew away any expectations i had for the book um so a lot of things you know are relatively the same um with in terms of the story so still all the cute talking animals and things like that yeah. <laughs> they're my yeah. favorite <laughs> and do you is there as you as you i mean besides the title and they said some reoccurring characters is there you have a uh, like a a gallery or a cast of 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 characters that, that people are able to follow along with and same with like the animals as well yeah, so the cast of characters um, was growing for quite a while. And right now we're kind of keeping our same group right now. Um, and every character I really enjoy because they're each sort of responsible for their own thing. So, you know, Liam and Save the Sharks is our scuba diver. So whenever we need a scuba diver, we know it's going to be Liam. Um, Kalisha's our mermaid. So she's, of course, her and Liam are each other's sidekick now. And um, Cl uh, Clover the Bee gets to pop in anywhere there's gardens. So it's really fun now that we've developed in the story and the books long enough to where so many characters can pop in. And now they're becoming like their own experts. And I feel like a proud mom because they're just like getting smarter through the series. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys are so cool. You, you know, <laughs> They've, they definitely feel like um, they're their own people now. <laughs> So, yeah, comparatively speaking to like, say, a long form novel where, you know, they, it, you know, authors would say the character went off in a direction that I wasn't expecting. Do you see something similar to that with now that you kind of have established 
you know, a cast where do you feel as though that like, you know, some of the the dialogue is unexpected to you to say, oh, I guess this is what they're going to be saying now, or this would be the questions they're asking or anything like that? Yeah. Um, Mateo, um, so he's from Save the Bees and he was also in Save the Scraps. He's sort of the um, group skeptic, I would say, about mm -hmm. environmentalism. He's always kind of like, oh, why do we even do this? this you know, <laughs> what what is the science behind this? So he's he's developed a lot, you know, and I, I wasn't really sure that, you know, characters in a children's book, you know, you think like, how much can they develop? But it's it's surprising to see yeah. them having their own like little character arcs and growing as characters. It's, you know, something unexpected that I was not expecting when I started the series, which has kind of been really cool to sort of turn out and see their own personalities start to develop. <laughs> and and on average, uh, you know, say, say for instance, we have uh, uh, somebody's like watching or listening to this and saying, you know, this is, this is great, Bethany. Uh, I have an idea for a book how do i start it is there a, a, a set limit of words is there a, a set a standard way to write this out what would be uh, a tip you would give that person yeah um i i have a youtube video um on uh exactly like you know word count and things of that sort but picture books are typically you know 300 to 600 words and um it, it's really just writing it down. But the beauty, I, I tell everybody this, the beauty of self-publishing is that we have the freedom to not have to stick to any, you know, specific rules or guidelines, which I really love because I, I always break the rules and I, I always want to try something new. And, you know, so it's really exciting to, you know, follow a guideline, try to stick to a standard. But if you break the mold, like, that's fine. If it works for you, it works. So... Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, really testing it. Uh, my, my key piece of advice is to, you know, get something down, write something out and, you know, test it with real life children and see how it's perceived because, you know, you never, you never really know until it's in the hands of your target audience and they, they right. give you the most valuable feedback. You know, and also I got a, I got a, I got a plug for you, uh, Bethany, is I got to say, it's like I discovered your, your Patreon page. Yeah. So, and I'm going to say all any, and anybody listening or, or anybody listening or watching this is that you, and if you're wanting to learn about children's books, this is your master's level setup right here for you. You look at the, the, what, what you get on here for $5 a month, this long list of <laughs> availability things for five, but that's 60 bucks a year. So I want to, I want to think is like, that's a large meal at a restaurant. Like you can like, for, like right here is you get all of these things that you can get for five bucks a month. You get to um, learn all these things about how to write a book, how to calculate printing prices, learning step-by-step -step guides, um, selling, how to learn how to get your books in libraries, advertise, how to advertise and stuff like that. That's for $5 a month. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Company. I, I really wanted to keep it. It's it's a severe passion project of mine to right. teach. I, I had no resources going into this. And all of these, I, you know, I built 
on the back end for myself. And I was like, you know, why am I not sharing this? This is <laughs> not fair that I've gathered all this information right. and it's just like sitting on my computer. So I, I want to make it accessible to everyone. And, you know, if you want to get started on this journey, you can. Like, I, I definitely want people to have as many resources as I can give them. Right. I mean, this is, and also too, then you have on here for $10 a month, you have the same thing, but also talk to us a bit about what they get for, for a mere $120 a year. I mean, like, that's a great deal. But yeah. So uh, we have the monthly live stream. So every month uh, the workshop squad votes on a topic they want to see and we get together live. And of course they can always watch it after if they don't have time to join live. Um, but we'll deep dive into tutorials and they can give me um, their books and we can work on their books. So the workshop squad is typically, you know, a small, really focused group. So I do have a lot of freedom in those live streams to really work one on one with people, hmm. um, which I think is really cool. And um, yeah, that's that's the biggest perk of joining the workshop squad is like that one step further of if you're not really sure what to take or you kind of need that like sort of mentorship vibe. Um, yeah, that one's definitely really cool and a lot of fun. And I I feel like I'm <laughs> friends with all of my workshop squad <laughs> patrons because we talk so much there. Whenever they tell update me with their books, I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it feels like an extension uh, of me. It's really it's really cool. They're doing amazing things. So. It's yeah, awesome. this is I I I am I I'm I'm floored about how good of a deal this is. I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh so for anybody who has wanting to put out a children's book or looking at or or wanting to know how to do it, you can do all the work you can by trying to find but right here as you said Bethany, you have it. This is your one-stop shop. You did all that. You did all the heavy lifting for everybody else, and you've kind of consolidated it for everybody right here. So it's um, it's 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 well worth it. It's a well well worth the investment for people to, you know, go to patreon.com backslash Bethany Stahl, all one word and S T A H L. Uh, but yeah, so let me let me ask you too. It's like I do you do you you just all do just all self publishing? Do you? work at all with Kickstarter or any of those crowdfunding projects? No, I, I tried uh, Kickstarter once. Um, and uh, my personal experience with it is that uh, a lot of my audience was very confused about mm. uh, the process of Kickstarter. Um, so they weren't as uh, well versed with it. Um, there are some children's book authors who really nail Kickstarter. Um, but luckily, uh, I, I haven't, you know, really had to use it. And with um, print on demand, uh, I feel like you can really like gather costs on the back end um, to where each book sort of funds the next book um, is how I, I've got it worked out. But yeah, I think Kickstarter is a great tool. I just I haven't uh, gotten to play with it much. Mm. Which is which is great because a lot of, and that's another thing. There's a, there's a misnomer that the only way you're going to get your book published is doing a Kickstarter. It's the only way you're going to, you know, people, will, other people will say, Hey, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to, you know, uh, 
do market research. You can see what, but you're, you're proof that you can also do the self-publishing straight on like that. And, 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 and have just as good as a, a readership from that. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think um, one of the things I really try and push is like, there's no right way to self-publish. Mm. Uh, everybody has such a different approach and, you know, what works for one person may not work for for you and vice versa. So I, yeah, I really, you know, encourage people not to get discouraged if something doesn't work out. Like I, I tried a Kickstarter, it didn't work. Um, and, you know, my books still have gone on to be super successful. So um, it's, it's definitely, you know, to each their own and just find, you have to find what works for you, but right. there's definitely no wrong way to approach it. Right. And, and so you work a lot with, you got a Wacom, you do a lot with, uh, is it mostly with, you do a, uh, Photoshop, correct? You use Photoshop and Illustrator. Talk to yeah. us a bit about your, the, the illustration side of your, your books. So I think anyone who stays up to date with my author and illustrator journey knows I'm like a huge fan of the Wacom and Tuos. Um, that like little basic version, you know, I, I sort of fell in love with it. It's the first digital tablet I've ever had. And I, I keep trying to leave it behind and I can't. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I'm obsessed with, um, that little tablet. It's just so, so cute and my favorite, but, um, yeah, I use that and Photoshop. Um, I, I, I haven't really used Illustrator much for illustrating, you know, despite the name. I know a lot of people get confused about that aspect, but I, I do like the vector illustrations uh, just because, or sorry, the, not the vector illustrations, my bad. Um, yeah. I like painting in Photoshop uh, just because it feels more natural. So coming from a traditional art background, um, you know, the vectors were not so much my style, whereas, you know, Photoshop, you can play with the brushes and kind of get that uh, natural feel to it. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed those. And those are my two main go to's to make all my books. And so and you make them all yourself. So then you do you like you say, you put them in. You, you format it. Talk to us about the formatting aspect. You you wrote your script. You made your illustrations. Uh, uh, a question uh, of someone who is one of who does both that both that would say questions like how do you align for instance where you put the words in is there a is there a, a way to do that some books will just have blank page then the illustration some will actually have it all what would be some of your advice on placing the placing the the words in the books for children yeah um, I have a few videos on that too, <laughs> um, <laughs> over on my YouTube. Um, so I, I, um, I've tried the, you know, one page with the illustration on the other, and that's a really great way. I feel like if you're getting started, um, to really have it organized and not worry so much about the illustration, having space for text. Um, but for my Save the Earth series, I do uh, double page spreads throughout all of it. And then. I always leave like, you know, sky space typically for text to fit in. 
but my biggest recommendation is, you know, go to a library, go to a bookstore, grab a few different books and really study other layouts and sort of see what's working for other people because mm. there's so many different approaches, you know, to doing like spot illustrations or half page, full page, you know, half spreads. So it's, it's really uh, variable to how you can lay it out. So I, I always recommend, you know, go grab some of the greats books and really see, you know, how, how are they doing it and pick and choose, you know, what you want to adapt in to your own style. Have you, have and, you, yeah. have you done like, is, you know, got done, done research, uh, like a, like, you know, the children's book section in the library found a book. I'm like, I love how they did this and then go home and try to do it. Like, wait, how come I can't do it the way they did? It? Have you seen that that happened to you too? I, I can say that it has, <laughs> um, uh, I, but I, I th think, um, you know, just, you know, getting familiar in the programs, I, I feel like you can, you know, pull off anything you want to do. If you, if you see something, you know, really cool. I, the beauty of YouTube, I think, is that there are so many people out there willing to share, you know, how they do certain things, even if it's not necessarily authorship, you know, right. someone out there has probably, talked about how, how they can get away with, you know, making some of those cooler things. But I, I feel like there's always room for learning and, you know, developing your own style of it. So with, with you, you, know, you say the earth thing, you, you have a, a nice run going. You So what made you decide to jump in and try out some of your rhythm and rhyme books? Um, I, you know, <laughs> I get bored quick, you know, this is what I do full time. And despite how much I absolutely love the Save the Earth series, sometimes, you know, you get into those creative slumps to where I, you know, I just can't think about what comes next, or I'm having trouble with, you know, flowing the story out. And I, I just need to be creative in a different way. Um, so these two books, I, I actually, you know, didn't really have stories for them. I just kept taking time to myself and illustrating. And then, um, you know, Mermaids, Mermaids in the Sea came together from a bunch of mermaid uh, illustrations. So that's a illustration challenge that happens in May and, you know, oh, right, uh, yeah. created by Tom Bancroft, who's like one of my favorite illustrators, you know, throughout life. Uh, definitely a huge inspiration. Um, and then the other one, I just, I, I got, you know, really excited about these like really bright, vibrant colors and dreamy, dreaming in the night and this sort of, you know, dreamscape. And they, they both sort of had, you know, a similar vibe. And I'm like, you know, this can make a fun series. And I, I don't write in uh, rhythm and rhyme. So my Save the Earth series is in prose. And I, I just wanted to try something new. And they both sort of kicked me out of the, this bad funk I was in and, turned into something really cool along the way. And also too, there, is there like a sense of like responsibility to keep the like sense of responsibility for the save the earth series that you have to keep pushing those along too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's my most successful book series uh, to date. Uh, so I, I do feel a sense of responsibility and I, I have so much that I want to cover with that series. And mm. sometimes, you know, it gets overwhelming because we talked earlier, like I do genuinely have lists for a while uh, down the walls of my room. I had just sticky note <laughs> after sticky note of story ideas. And it's like, oh, how am, I, how am I going to write, you know, all of these books? Like the series is planned to, you know, 
at least be 50 books. <laughs> so I, I have a long way to go. And but you know, I, I, despite like loving it, that uh, of creative burnout is such a real thing. So sometimes, you know, the weight of that and you as you build an audience, you know, you, I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to have a book that they're just not vibing with. So, you right. know, the pressure is there to, you know, really be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and do you see so uh, but and and also you have the uh Miko's Nutty Tales. That's another yeah. <laughs> That's another one that you've you started this past you just came out with the first book this year. Is that also um, another yeah. like ongoing series you're going to be working on too? Yeah, it, it sort of took a hiatus. Um, I, I planned on publishing more uh, this year on that, but I, I ended up getting distracted. I just published um, the Save the Earth Collector's Editions. So those are hardcover books uh, that have, you know, multiple books within one book. Um, <laughs> so I got distracted with creating those, but Amico's Nutty Tales is like such a different, uh, side of storytelling. Um, they're really silly and, and quirky and, um, yeah, Miko's, uh, Nutty Tales are based off of, um, my squirrel Miko. <laughs> so he was, a he was a real guy. Um, and I, I really liked, you know, switching those up and sort of playing around with uh, classic stories and just mixing them all up and adding some squirrel nuttiness. Into <laughs> they're, they're, they're strange and fun and it, it's just a fun way to, you know, get out of that comedic side and make myself laugh for a little bit. <laughs> Cause you have, I learned a phrase recently called them, single tasking obviously the opposite of multitasking is do you so when you have multiple works in progress at once do you do you single task or do you multitask do you like do a little bit one day or in the morning how do you split up your your day when it comes to um uh producing children's books um you i i tried to stick to schedule uh but but i noticed the more i stick to schedules uh the more i start to hate whatever I'm working on. Um, so I, I love the freedom of, you know, doing whatever, uh, as long as it gets done. So I, I work in, I, I call it an organized chaos. Yeah. Um, so I, I do work on multiple books in the same day, which I don't think would work for everyone. But I, I like the aspect, you know, that I can be editing one book and then take a break and illustrate. And it, it, for me, working on multiple works at once, even within the same day, um, it, it helps the creativity stay alive. Because if mm. I focus too hard on one story, I, I just start this spiral of, is it good enough? Oh, no, I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, balancing them all out and uh, keeping one of the, I, I think they're all at different stages. So, you know, writing one, editing one, illustrating one, keeps the love alive of all of it and you know illustrating is one of my favorite parts so i always try to keep one book in the illustration phase so i can have that like zen moment of just you know sitting there with my tablet and illustrating so yeah there, there's not really a schedule just you know <laughs> whatever feels right uh but also you know sticking to their own individual timeline so i, I do at the end of the week you know i have weekly tasks 
that, you know, by the end of this week, I need, you know, three illustrations done, or I need this one edited, or this one has to be finalized with, you know, formatting. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so how, I guess, how territorial are you of your IPs, for instance? Like, have, what if, you know, with, cause you have your book groups and stuff like that, or if you have, you know, some, some peers of uh, some uh, other children's book, right? Like, could they approach you and say, Hey, Bethany, I love your style. Would you illustrate a book for me? Or if someone says, Hey, uh, I, I love your save the books. Could, could I illustrate one of your save the earth books? Where would you be at that for those, uh, those two opportunities? Yeah, I, I would definitely be open to illustrators. I've, I've definitely considered this a lot, especially the busier I get. I, I just, I often wonder, you know, what what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's a lot for one person. I, I try to keep, I, I think my goal is like six new titles a year, wow. minimum of four. So, you know, that's every other month. So I, I, I start to, you know, get overwhelmed. So I definitely be open to that in the future. And I've, I've illustrated for others in the past. I haven't recently, uh, just cause I haven't found the time, but I think if the right project came along and we really meshed, I would absolutely be open to, you know, partnering up. I, I think it's really cool to get to, uh, put your creative side with somebody else and, you know, see what excitedness comes from that. So I, I, I'm, I'm protective to a, a certain extent, but yeah, I'm, I would definitely be open to, you know, collaborations. Right. And so, so putting on your business hat for a second, cause now this is your, your, this is your full-time job. What, what are some of the things that some advice you maybe get from like an accountant or somebody to say, Hey, you know, if you're going to be doing this, make sure you do, this piece. And I, you probably have a YouTube video about this already too, right? Yeah. yeah you know, I actually don't know about this. Oh, one. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I know, I know Patreons, Patreon members know it. Um, so I, I hate the business side. Um, I, that's one of the most overwhelming sides of all of this for me is, you know, making sure I'm up to date on, you know, on my taxes and everything's filed right. And I'm recording my expenses and, you know, I'm, I'm the worst with receipts. So, I, I do recommend uh, QuickBooks Self-Employed. That's what I use to track everything. Um, and then I, I use a CPA at the end of the year to, you know, make sure everything's in good shape. But I do recommend, you know, wherever you're at, if you reach out to your um, local like business uh section, you know, of wherever you live, uh, you know, whether you're in the States or not, um, there's somebody who's in charge of, you know, businesses and registration and just go in and talk to them, schedule a mm -hmm. meeting and email them. Um, they're going to steer you the right way. You know, they want their money at the end of the day. So they're going to give you all the resources to make sure you're following all the rules and doing it right. But yeah, don't, don't be afraid to get help. You know, it's wonderful to wear all the hats of your business, but there's, there's definitely no shame in, having professionals help you out with some stuff. So that's the one area I do accept lots of help with. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, so, so with that, so kind of, you know, as you say, you, you, you look at trying to do at least two release two books, you know, uh, you know, a book every other month is kind of your, 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 your goal. And, how many projects, because you, you said earlier, you kind of, you, you have multiple going at a time. 
what's your maximum amount of projects you'd be having going on at any one time? Is it three books at once, two books at once? How does that, what would you usually do? Um, I think it varies. I, I try to work ahead and I, I recommend everybody work ahead. That way, you know, you're not rushing to the next book. So the next book that I'm releasing is already finished. Mm. Um, and the book after that is almost finished. So sort of, uh, getting ahead of yourself really helps this like illusion that I'm, I'm publishing so much. So a lot of people are like, how are you doing it so quick? How are you doing this? And it's like, no, no, no. You know, I'm working several, several months in advance. So while it looks like I'm like really on my game, I, you know, I'm taking my time with each of these books. They're each taking several months. So I, um, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I work more than on more than like two or three books. I think three books would be the maximum. But even then I might, you know, write a bunch of books one month and then just sit them in a little vault and uh, slowly pick them out and start, you know, developing them further. So yeah, I try not to, I try to only illustrate one book at a time. I try to write only one book at a time. Um, so yeah, at least two books I work on, but sometimes three, depending on how, do you, how excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you'd write out the script, do you, cause you mentioned like, yeah, sometimes you have like children kind of beta read uh, some of the, the books before they're published. Do you have anybody beta read the script that like your actual uh, book script itself to say, does this flow right? Does it, do you have people look at that beforehand before you start the illustration? Yeah, so I, I do use a developmental editor and a uh, content editor or um, line editor, depending on everybody kind of has a different uh, verbiage that they use. Um, but I run it through two different editors, which give feedback. Um, and then I also run it through, um, you know, teachers and things of that sort to make sure that, you know, parents and teachers are also on board. Um, and then if it's a very specific book, you know, um, about like the butterfly book that just came out, I might run it by some, you know, butterfly gurus and make sure that I'm hitting the topics they want to make sure are focused on and making sure that, you know, they all approve and then I'll, I'll move forward from there. Um, mm. So I definitely don't recommend illustrating too early just because that's so much work. Uh, I've done it before to where I've had to, you know, re-illustrate books or I, I've illustrated so many that, you know, I didn't end up using. So I really try to make sure I've got absolutely what I need down, you know, so I'm not wasting any, any time. It's valuable. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, when you, when you kind of put that in place, kind of give them like a beta copy, do you, is it kind of like handwritten out and then kind of sketched a bit just to kind of give people a sense of what it looks like? Or is it just on a, just like page one script, page two script? How, how would that look? Um, I, I typically just have the story, you know, in a word document. So I won't, I won't really illustrate um, the illustration. So one of the things I really try and do is if you're, you know, blind or deaf um, or anything, like I want you to have the full story visually and um, audibly. So I want to make sure that if you're, you know, missing one side of it, that, you know, you can, you know, understand the story and see the illustrations, even if you can't see the illustrations, or if you're listening to the audiobook, you know, you know exactly what's happening. Or if you're only looking at the illustrations, like if kids aren't at a reading level to where they can't um, read the books on their own, I want them to be able to really uh, get through the story. So 
I, I do only send out the text. Um, and then with the illustrations, I, I try to be as careful as possible to make sure everything I say on the page is integrated into that illustration. Okay. So Bethany, I want to take um, a little bit of time and also just chat with you about your first annual self puppy awards. Yay. <laughs> so where did this, where did the, the, the idea of this come from? And yeah, let's talk to us a bit about this. Um, well, with my Patreon group, I, I have gotten to know so many authors who, you know, are just starting out their journey and it's incredible. Some of the books that have been coming out of that group and they're, you know, struggling to get started. And I, I also, um, you know, struggled with how do you even, you know, get your name out there? How do you start networking? How do you advertise? And so many of these literary words are so cool, but a lot of them, you know, are for traditional publishers um, or, you know, they're so big or so expensive to apply to that it's just really inaccessible uh, for self-published authors. And so I was like, you know what, <laughs> we should do, you know, our own award ceremony. And then I didn't want to exclude anybody who wasn't a patron. Um, so they are open to everyone. And it, it this year it was uh, free to enter. So we have a handful of entries and I've gathered some judges together who are reading the books now. And it's it's been really exciting. So I've really enjoyed uh, creating this and I think it will be something that will grow and be really cool in time. But everybody, you know, deserves to be uh, awarded for all of the hard work they've done. So I'm really excited to get to acknowledge some of the amazing work. And, you know, luckily I do have a, a decently growing platform that I really want to share some of these cool books with, you know, my audience and really help try and help kickstart other authors journeys. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's a really exciting stuff, Bethany. And, and this is, this is a, a need, like you said, this is something that doesn't, that, that, uh, that the self-publishing world is kind of needed to have. So. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a few opportunities, but there's not, there's not enough. There, there right. needs to be more. So yeah, Reader's Choice is open, the page that you're on now. So if, if any of those books you know and you want to vote for, go read them and vote for these people. So that one's completely audience-driven. And this is and as you said, this isn't just for children's books. It's for all genres. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, maybe just children's books, but I, I didn't think that was fair because I also write in other genres. So I wanted to open it up to anybody who self-published and uh, we are definitely adding, I think, more awards because we got such a wide variety of books submitted. So that's exciting too. <laughs> so did your accountant talk to you about this and like give you any advice on how to start this up as well too? No. No? <laughs> this is completely, yeah, this, uh, you know, unfortunately um, isn't, you know, a money-making uh, right. aspect. I It's just... Uh, I'm really bad about um, <laughs> just making opportunities for people, whether that means an opportunity for myself or not. I, I just, <laughs> I, you know, I should be better about, you know, wanting to be paid, but I'm like, no, we'll make it free. You know, all the judges are volunteers. Uh, so we're, we're all working 
really hard to make this happen. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, no, I, I should have, you know, thought about that more, but uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll still be fun, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, yeah, this is amazing. It's like, yeah, Bethany, this is amazing. I'm excited as I, it's, you know, I'm excited to, uh, to, to check out your Patreon page, uh, just seeing all that information you have, um, a w complete wealth of knowledge for all this stuff. And it's, and then, as I said earlier, you did all the heavy lifting for everybody else. So, and being able to share your, your knowledge and being able to share your experience and being able to, um, you know, continuing, uh, educating children. And that's, uh, in, in, in a way that is accessible to them is, is fantastic. So, Congratulations, Bethany, on on Thanks. on all the work you've been up to. So, um, so come back, come back again. I would love you know anytime. I mean, I'd say come on every time you come on a book, but you basically would just have like a weekly segment <laughs> of Bethany Stahl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't even need to interview anybody else anymore. We can just you know talk every single week. <laughs> oh um, yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you if they wanted to uh, check out your? Uh, your site where would they go yeah so uh the best place you know where everything's at is bethanystall.com so from there you can see my books you can see i have an author section um I, i've tried to make everything there uh for everyone so yeah that is the best centralized hub mm -hmm. you got your well you got t-shirts and all that kind of stuff too That's yeah nice. yeah merch just started i, I think last month so yeah. that's exciting. New, new things. And you get the access to your classes. So absolutely check out, check out Bethany's Patreon page. It is um, probably the best deal you're going to find for self-publishing at that price. So, and parent and teachers, and this is your free animated books that you were talking about. Yep. Yeah. Animated yeah. audio books. Yeah. Coloring pages. Wow. That's amazing. So thanks again, Bethany. This has been this has been fantastic, and I yeah, I'd love to have you come back on again sometime. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we got together. Yeah. Is wallpaper ever going to come back? I've always wanted, kind of wondered that. I don't know. I think I'm too scared to try wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just like you're watching all these like these like home shows, like how to do this, and like all these. Nobody does wallpaper. It just seems like everything's always just like you know painting walls and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> oh, why not? You know. Yeah. You can make it come back. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Bring, <laughs> bring back. Bring back wallpaper. That's what. That's the big thing. <laughs>